The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. everyone and welcome to episode 70 of the boys of tech for wednesday the 16th of june 2010 you're probably wondering why it's wednesday and not monday as usual we'll come to that in a second first of all my name is edwin herman i'm one of the hosts the other host is brett king welcome along howdy well brett usually we uh, publish on monday morning uh we're publishing wednesday today because my wife uh, had a, a little baby our second child indeed so that all happened on the night that uh, the, the show we goes were, out. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. We were going to record. <laughs> so that didn't happen. The show didn't happen. Mm. I had my priorities right. Uh, indeed. <laughs> Family always comes first. Well, you know, if I, if I did it the other way around, I don't think I'd live to tell the tale. Oh, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get right into the show then. First up, one of the big stories that you really... Probably wouldn't have missed unless you've been living in a rock. Living in a cave, yeah. yeah. Or a cave. Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone 4. It's finally yeah. launched. It's finally been launched. The iPhone 4. I'll tell you what, can I we've, play? It's a bit underwhelming because, well, we've seen it before. We have. And in fact, <laughs> on, on that note, I just want to play a little extract of, of Steve Jobs uh, introducing it uh, during his keynote at WWDC 2010. Take a listen to this. For 2010, we're going to take the biggest leap since the original iPhone. And so today, today, we're introducing iPhone 4, the fourth generation iPhone. Now, eight new features of the iPhone 4. The first one, an all-new design. Now, stop me if you've already seen this. <laughs> Believe me, you ain't seen it. You've got to see this thing in person. It is one of the most beautiful designs you've ever seen. There you go. Don't you like the way he does that? I yes. was I was wondering what he was going to do about that uh, well, when he'd you know, say anything. And Steve is a brilliant showman. <laughs> he is. He, he. I'm glad he said that because otherwise it just would be too cold, too corporate, too. You know, mm. uh, it's nice that he did that little that little thing. Yes, and the new features that are going to be packed into, as he correctly stated, an incredibly beautiful device are pretty freaking awesome too. Yeah, look, I, you know what, uh, I, I had a look at the couple of video shots and, and, and so on, and, or video clips rather, and, you know, I, what I, I just like the, it was kind of predictable, but I kind of like the, what's, what do they call it, FaceTime, mm-hmm. where you, you know, you, you've got this... The video calling. Video calling, yeah, you've got this phone device in front of you, and you're talking to someone that you can see, and they can see you, and then yeah. you can just hit a switch, or a, a, a virtual switch if you like, you touch on the screen and it goes to the other camera so you can show them like 
you know, something on the other side, like your house or, or uh, something you're mm-hmm. holding. It's yeah. Kinda, it's kind of neat. That is very neat. Also very neat is the fact that that front-facing camera is not some piddly little thing. Yeah, it's actually reasonably spec, doesn't it? Yeah, it's 5 megapixel front-facing camera. Does 720, doesn't it? Mm. 720i. Yep. Oh, no, sorry, 720p. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. I mean, obviously, no you, can, you can get better. <laughs> you can get better, but uh, well, not on a front facing. Well, no, Generally, not- the front facing is something which has been put on there just for these sorts of video conferencing sort of calls. Well, yeah, it's always yeah, usually that's- like a low res one, six forty by four eighty sort of thing. But this is an actual decent front facing camera. So I think uh, a lot of people will like this. If even if you're not an Apple fanboy or an iPhone fanboy. Uh, I, I think you know this. This really steps, you know, put, pushes the bar up one more time, and uh, I think Android oh, and they'll all, they'll all, you know, do the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more the hardware in this thing, which is the really impressive thing, and you can't help but be impressed by some of the stuff that um, Apple's been doing with this fourth generation iPhone. Some of the stuff that they've managed to cram in there, it looks like they've actually listened to iPhone owners who have been complaining about the previous one's lack of certain features or poor performance in certain ways. And so this new next generation one has um, delivered on those things which have been people's pet peeves about the current generation. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a company that doesn't listen, you know. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're going nowhere. That, that's where people look at jumping ship and, and you know, if if a company like Apple responds to people's wishes, then what are they going to do? They'll buy the next one and the next one. Exactly. And so on. Finally, they might bring out an iPhone that I actually buy. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be one of their toughest customers to net. If they can net you, they can net Indeed. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See, they almost netted me with the first one. The only thing that stopped me was the incredibly stupid pricing and data packages that came out when it was released in New Zealand. That's what stopped me then. And I'm glad it stopped me because then I actually looked at it and it was like, well, really, that's not worth the price. Yeah. No matter how cool that looks and how groundbreaking at that time it was a device, it still was not worth it. This, this could be, depending on how it, the packages are and what the price point is going to be in New Zealand. But maybe I'll wait for the <laughs> the next generation iPhone 4. <laughs> Which would be the 5. Or it could well, be the no, 4, 4. It would go for the 4G yeah, and the yeah, the 4GS. 4G. <laughs> yeah, the 4GS. Yeah. <laughs> then there'll be a 5. <laughs> yeah. But no, it is a very, very nice looking device. So that was released at uh, WWDC 2010 in San Fran earlier last week. In fact, oh, it was released on the day that our show went out last week. So whilst the show was being done, uh, this was being announced. So, uh, you know, it's kind of 10 to, you know, people are probably listening to this podcast thinking, you know, guys, you're 10 days late. What's all this about? But that's why. <laughs> Indeed. We've got a reason. We do. Now, I saw a story about a zero-day exploit in Adobe Reader and Flash, and I thought, this is really not good, because right now, Adobe's under attack from Apple and who else? There were some others as well that were attacking the Flash platform. Uh, Mainly Apple, and and Microsoft has always been trying to... Yeah, was it Microsoft or was it... Yeah, I thought there was someone else, I'm not sure now, but there was at least Apple, but others as well. And so Adobe now are trying to prove themselves and say, hey, look, Flash is good. You need Flash. 
and, and so on. And, and they've got this zero-day exploit, which is actually now in the wild, which makes it worse. Because mm. it means, uh, you know, all it takes is someone to actually be bothered to conjure up a bit of code to take advantage of it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel for, <laughs> for Adobe a little bit because they're, they're trying to convince us that, you know, Steve and the others are, are wrong and that, you know, Flash is a good thing. Well, it doesn't help. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of those times where one thing which has nothing to do with the reason other people are complaining about it can bring something down. Cuz the 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 exploit's got nothing to do with the fact that it's cross-platform or anything like that. It's the way one of the um internal authentication um components works. Everybody's been um talking about Flash and you know, it's being slow and it's being you know, not native to each different thing, but that was the point of Flash: is that it was cross-platform. You could develop for the one, the one cross-platform thing, and it would work on everything. Which means that the interpreter is the thing that's native, and not the code that you're creating. It's just unfortunate that because it is so synonymous out there, Flash is everywhere, and PDFs and Acrobat Reader is everywhere, that this flaw has been exploited and is so far-reaching. But it's got nothing to do with the complaints that people were talking about when they were complaining about Flash. And well, it, it may be closer link than you think, because one of the reasons, and I know it's not the only one, but one of the reasons that they gave that why Flash wasn't good was security. That was one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't the only one, but it was one of them. Yeah. So it really doesn't help, but poor old, and I saw another uh, story as well. Uh, I forget now where I saw that, but I, I saw just recently another story about some security flaws with uh, Adobe products, and I'm not sure if it was Flash. So right now, poor Adobe, I think, is is kind of trying to convince us that their products are secure. And that, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate. It is quite unfortunate. And the, the fact that they, because it's a zero-day exploit, obviously Adobe has not had a chance to do a good, uh, produce a fix for it. So the, the exploit is in the wild. And the only way that you can protect yourself is if you're, for Adobe Reader, you need to downgrade to version 8. And for Flash, you need to upgrade to the beta. So <laughs> oh. then you'll be protected from it. But then, of course, there's no, there's no guarantees with a beta. So there might be other bugs or other oh, indeed, cause it's holes. A beta. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly, well, exactly, by, by nature. So can you downgrade Flash? Or? <laughs> can you downgrade Flash? I'm not sure. You I should be. You could, I suppose you could uninstall it, couldn't you? Yeah, uninstall yeah. it and reinstall. So it. Then yeah, just reinstall. Yeah. So uh, in theory, you could downgrade to a certain version as well. Mm. But I've not seen announced anywhere what lower version of Flash is. Right. Oh, is I see. Right. So poor old Adobe. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It is unfortunately a problem, which is a problem with Flash itself. Because it's the exploit in Adobe Reader is in part of the reader which uses Flash, <laughs> so they're linked together. It's oh, I see. So in, in Adobe Reader, it's the the Flash part of that that's yeah, got the. Oh, yeah. I see. You can fix Adobe Reader by removing a, a DLL file from Adobe Reader or Acrobat Professional if you've got that, and it will prevent the the exploit because the exploit is in PDFs is you embed Flash into the PDF, which you can do. Oh, I and see. And the Flash content, which has the flaw. Right, I see. Okay. So the, the flaw is, unfortunately, in Flash. So when you get a flaw in Flash, you inherently get it in the 
Flash part of the uh, Adobe Reader Code then, in theory. Yeah, or, or basic, well, theoretically, you'd get it in whatever thing was being used to interpret the Flash. So are the Flash interpreters? Yeah, would it? Does it? Oh, I don't know. Or, don't just, a, know. or Adobe, just Adobe ones, who <laughs> or knows? Or just the Adobe products that use the Adobe-specific way of using those things. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Someone Either way, knows. <laughs> upgrade to Flash 10.1 beta. Yep. That's what you should do. So that doesn't definitely doesn't have that security hole. Is that right? Yep, that's what they're saying. It right. is unaffected. Flash the beta of ten point one is unaffected. Right. So that's that's their advice. Yep. Cool. Now I want to move on to a story about a guy called Brian McCreary. He had a ninety dollars speeding ticket, and he's he's one of these uh, anti uh, anti speed camera people. Uh, mm-hmm. He really doesn't like them. Fair enough. That's that's his uh, what he what he doesn't like. That's his pet peeve yep. and uh, he got one of these uh, tickets from a speeding uh, from a speed camera and he went to the website to presumably to pay his uh, pay his fine which the website is bluffcitypd.com uh, he lives in bluff bluff city in tennessee and uh, he found that the domain name was about to expire so what did he do he waited a little longer until it did expire and nabbed it for himself so now he owns www.bluffcitypd.com yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, I mean, that's annoyed them just a bit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> of course, now he's on there ranting. The website's all a, a sort of a, a, a bunch of links to rant sites and some of his uh, his own content as well. All anti, <laughs> all ranting about speed cameras. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> uh, But you find that, you've, you know, there's, there's been other stories in the news about other companies boroughs, councils that have websites but have not been keeping them up to date or not been keeping an eye on them and they've lapsed and yeah, that's right. that somebody happens. else nabs them. <laughs> then you've <laughs> then they either hold them for a ransom <laughs> or they um attempt to ransom them off and then get taken to court over getting them back. But yeah. yeah it's <laughs> well it depends what they use them for as well because you know trademarks remember you have to remember that trademarks are only apply in the class in which they've been registered so for example uh i don't know let's take uh, cadbury's for example uh international chocolate maker yep you know they'll have registered i don't i'm not claiming this to be accurate but it'll be something along the lines of confectionery and other foodstuffs and so on but mm-hmm. that's not to say that you can't have say a cadbury um, i don't know cadbury paper tissues or cadbury auto audio mixes or cadbury Mm. Office stationery, you know. So it depends. It, it all. It, it's not just the name. It also comes down to how you use it. And of course, if you're using the name in the same vein in the same way in which the trademark covers, then it's a clear breach. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but then sometimes you just need to have better lawyers. <laughs> yeah, that does help actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> better lawyers <laughs> to pr- provide a better argument. But you yeah. know, it, it's the whole expiring domain name thing is a big business. There's Many, many uh, domain name sellers will also have a feature where you can nab domain names that are about to expire, and it's yep. done on a bidding system. How much does it cost for a, for, for a domain name that's about to expire? Basically as much as you're prepared to pay. So some of them mm. go for hundreds of dollars, some thousands. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them don't, but... Uh, so if you're an do. owner of a domain name, make sure it doesn't expire. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the uh, shameless plug here? You know the domain name www.co.nz? Yep. The one that I've got, which is kind of unique because... 
I'll just explain this for people who yeah, don't know. It's a top-level, third-level domain. <laughs> it is. It's third-level, third <laughs> yeah. but that's because in New Zealand we sell at the third level, so you can't get some. You can't get name.nz. You have to get name.co.nz. Uh, and so the name www.co.nz, which for those of you who are still having trouble understanding this, it's kind of like the domain name www.com. Someone actually owns that. It's basically three W's.com. So I registered www.co.nz, but the way I got that is because I, I noticed it was expiring soon. It was neglected. And th- here in New Zealand, they do a 60-day stand-down period. So as soon as it the expiry date occurred, I set my uh, reminder on my, on my computer about 59 days later. And mm-hmm. on the 59th day, or on the, well, it must have been the 60th day, I just sat there pretty much all morning going, register, register, register. And it kept cancelling, of course, because it was, you know, and the moment that it was freed, it said, name available, register, done. And I took it, I nabbed it. <laughs> so you got it, you know, it was within, I think, minutes or actually just might have been a, just over an hour, actually, of it being available that I managed to get it. And sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, as you said, good piece of advice, Brad. Uh, if you've got a domain name that uh, you know that you still care about, make sure you 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 know when it's going to expire and renew it. Yeah, make sure you don't let it expire. Because <laughs> sometimes what happens is people change their email address and they don't get the reminders. Yeah, you know, and that's how it happens. They they forget that they have these domain names and yeah, it's how I lost mine. Forgot. Oh, did you? Oh, which one was that? Uh, Sunnydale Net NZ. Oh, right. Is that you? So you changed your email address so you didn't get the reminders saying. Yeah. This, oh. <laughs> and then it went and somebody else got it. Well, that wasn't me. I'll be, you'll be pleased to know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done that to you anyway. You could. So uh, anyway, so that's that. Uh, if, you, if you like, you can have a look at that uh, website. It's uh, just once again, www.bluffcitypd.com. Okay. In Queensland, Australia, there's uh, been a bit of a stir a landscape gardener is threatening to publish photos of, uh, is it people, I think, leave, entering or leaving a brothel yes, people. In, in the local town in Toowoomba, Queensland, Australia. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of that? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, you know, because I, look, I thought long and hard about this one. I thought, well, it, you know, it's it's not a nice thing to do. It's very it is pro- provocative, and I, I guess maybe you know if if I went into a brothel, I mean I don't, but if I do, if I went into one and I got snapped and it was on Facebook, I would probably be annoyed. On the other hand, I'm in a public place. If I walk into a brothel, you know, on the, from the footpath into you know into the door of a brothel, well, you know, anyone can see me. So I, I don't know quite how I feel mm. about this. How do you feel? Oh, it's difficult because on the one hand, you've got the fact that it's it's one of those things which has, you know, two different interpretations. There's the legal interpretation where the, you know, as you're talking about, the legal sort of interpretation is that it's public place. Anybody can see you going in there. So, and you can take photos in a public place and there's no problem with that. But then there's the other side, which is the moral side where... You would, um, and I know it's funny talking about morals when it's people visiting a brothel, but (laughs) (laughs) it's there's the moral side of people's inherent right to privacy. It's it's not just a legal right; it's more of an inherent right. It's a human right to privacy, which is why it's part of the Human Rights Act and Human Rights Commission looks after privacy. Is that yeah, you've got this inherent right to privacy, and you've got an inherent right to ha- not make have people 
take your photos randomly without your permission or asking you. So if, well, I mean, if this was Google saying, now Google for the Street View have been blurring faces, but if they hadn't and it snapped someone going into a brothel and they didn't like that, do you think Google would have to, and when I say have to, I mean from a, a legal standpoint, do you think mm-hmm. they would have to remove that? Or do you think it's, it just comes down to the fact that Google would because they want to keep the peace? Yeah, I think it's a little of a little of both because the the different privacies and different laws about taking photos and what you can take photos of in even in a public place there are still you know different variants of laws about what is okay to take a photo or a film of in a public place and there are things which you cannot do even if it happens in a public place you're not allowed to film it so yeah, it depends on which of those different um, laws and places you happen to be in, which is why in some countries, Google's been, you know, there's been fights over Google even doing Street View in different places. This whole story, I think, is one of the ones where maybe, and I say maybe because I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, that maybe it would be legal to f- publish it. But if it was, it would certainly be provocative. You're definitely picking a a fight, if you like. Indeed, indeed. And so while, yeah, while it might not be illegal to do that based on the taking a photo and using that photo in a public place, depending on what you were doing with it, that's another part that makes it one of those tricky areas because you can't use a person's likeness for any sort of commercial reasons without their permission, even if the photos are taken in public places. So I guess that comes down to... And what, then it goes also to things like defamation and libel and all that sort of stuff. Because the thing with these sorts of photos is depending on how the photo was taken or where the person was when the photo was taken, the intent, whether there was intent or not to go into the brothel, can be drawn into doubt. Oh, right. And so it could be, be misleading. Defamation it could be mis- yeah. misleading. He could, it could be someone, uh, I don't know, doing a pamphlet drop and he's just stepping in. Exactly. And, and you think, you know, the photo, looking at the photo, you'd think he's going into the brothel as a customer, but really he just could be delivering pamphlets. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's could a be point. Delivering and, and so he's painted in a different light. Yeah. <laughs> it's, who knows? Who yeah, knows? That's right. So you see that done a lot in, you know, those um, popular gossip magazines where you'll see photos and wild accusations of things on the front cover and you'll look at the photo and go, hey, wait a minute, I saw that photo from a different thing and it was from this awards thing. So, yes, they were there because it was an award ceremony, not uh, the fact that I they see. were so, so it's made to it's, look, at, to, uh, it's made it's to made look, look like, like something, something different. but it's, yeah, yeah, it's something else. And you could get into those sorts of things with this as well. So whoever this person is, they could be walking a very fine line. Yeah. Well, in, I did in notice Queens- that they did mention that the... Facebook page that the person had created for it was taken down after legal yes, threats. Yes. Yeah. So, so he was going to publish Facebook. it on a Facebook page and it's been taken down, right? Yeah. Got Facebook got rid of it because Facebook was threatened with legal action by the brothel's owner. Oh, that's interesting. In because, point, well, once again, the brothel, brothel owner has rights to the way that their business is portrayed and their branding material is used but it was still in a public place so that that's kind of the that's why we have this other side that balances and makes it so hard what i do know is that though is that in queensland uh, a person can't prevent a third party from taking their photo even if it's while a person is engaged in private activity however 
that person may be able to prevent or take action over certain uses of the photograph. Mm-hmm. So this, it, it, it kind of, this just doesn't really make it any any clearer, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. we. Uh, <laughs> so, so why did he do this? Is he is he anti brothels, uh, perhaps? Or he just thought it would be a hoot to because he recognised a politician or something going in. Thought it would be a hoot to nab a politician. They haven't really said the reason, famous. have they? No, they haven't. Really, we're just, specul- reason, but, we're just speculating, um, right? Yeah, the speculation would be somebody famous or somebody known in the community or known nationally went in, and the person wanted to get back at them, or thought it would be a who to you know show this person has gone in there, like catching you know it'd be like catching the clergy going into a brothel. Yeah, I mean that would you know that's the kind of thing that people would well would sell a lot of magazines, put it that way. Exactly, you know, and the person might thought by putting them on Facebook, they might be able to then. Putting a couple on Facebook and making it well known, they might be able to sell them to a tabloid. Oh yeah, or or just sell Google ads on it. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that on Facebook, but uh, yeah. Anyway, wow. So that's going down in Australia right now. In other news, the web giant Google is facing police investigations over its uh, sniffing of wireless data. Remember, <laughs> we we talked. I think we might have talked about this on the last podcast that they collected not just what the SSID of the wireless uh, uh, network was called and maybe the strength and the location, the GPS coordinates, but Uh, also, and they admitted this, that they also listened to some of the traffic uh, going across it. They sniffed and collected traffic data from different networks that they found that were open. So now there are uh, police investigations in a number of countries. uh, Here in New Zealand is one of those countries. The police, I think, was asked by the uh, Office of the Privacy Commissioner. Commissioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to investigate, so that's happening, and yeah. it's happening in other countries as well. And it's possible there may be a prosecution, but uh, th- this will take time to unfold, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and it, it is one of, another one of those big tangled messes where you have to take a step back and go. Well, Google said that it was done accidentally, yeah, uh, because the people doing the thing were just supposed to map the you know the network location so that you could use your you know, so that um, the Street View map would know that these different nodes were in these different places. And so if you were Googling Street View map from one of those nodes, it would say you are here sort of thing. So you could do more location-based um, stuff. But that the, then there should be absolutely no reason that they gathered any data that was going around in any of the open networks that were out there. But do you, you know, that's the thing. Do you believe that? Do you believe it was done accidentally? I mean, how do you accidentally oh, sniff well, traffic? That's the, indeed. you know? Indeed. Well, there... Their response to that was the fact that the the equipment and software that was set up in the cars to do this sniffing was using software that was from a previous project on wireless sniffing, and that previous project software gathered the data. It seems a little convenient, that answer it to me. It does. A little too it seems convenient. more convenient that way when the fact that in certain countries where it's not quite so clear-cut that they've done the wrong, that they are fighting tooth and claw to keep the data or they are making it seem like it is incredibly difficult to delete the data. Yeah, see, that seems odd to if me. If it was an accident and they really were, don't being evil, <laughs> yeah. then why are they in certain places where they, can, where they can legally fight it trying to keep the data? Yeah, see, that seems odd. You'd think, like if it was you, right, if you had this little... I don't know, set up in your van and you drove past and you realised you'd accidentally sniffed traffic, if that was true, that you accidentally sniffed traffic, 
Like, you, you got, and there was a police investigation. Mr. You know, Mr. Plod knocks on your door and says, "Excuse me, Brent, I believe you've, you know, been sniffing some data. That's illegal." What would you do? You'd say, "Oh, look, I'm really sorry. Uh, I, I think you, you might be right. Uh, have looked at my gear, and yes, it seems to be the case. I'll delete everything right away. I'm going to do that right now." Exactly. That's what I you would do, delete right? Everything that's sniffed. I don't have to delete the SSID no, information no, and the location the information. But yeah, the the data I got from those open networks, just delete it. It's not that hard. Well, I I think people are watching the story with interest uh, as it unfolds. This is one of the stories that unfortunately takes so long to unfold. You know, these these investigations take time and whatnot. Well, it's because it's happened in so many places. What more than thirty well, different countries? Well that, well, that too. But I mean, each, in each individual country, it still takes a while to go through. You know the yep the investigation and just carry it out. That can take weeks. So yeah, we will be watching as well because this is is quite a big thing. It's, and it is it's, quite it's a, a big company thing. we this know. Is, we all know. Is, it's good. This is a company that we all know and a company that has you know built up a reputation based on the fact that its unofficial motto was "Don't be evil," that it was there to be you know benevolent. A benevolent benefactor to the internet and to the world, and it's been starting to do things which have made people turn their heads and go, "But wait a minute, how is that not being evil?" Well, exactly, and so that's now Google have a chance to prove themselves as this plays out. Because, well, just I'll take a step back. Actually, so far there hasn't been a uh, a prosecution, there hasn't been a case brought against them yet. Yep. But if there is, and it goes to court, that is Google's one chance to, to try and prove themselves and say, look, it really was accidental. Here's our proof of why, you know, to support our claim, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to delete it, et cetera, et cetera. This is their chance to overturn the allegations or the thoughts in people's minds of, hang on, is Google being evil? And on to our last story then. The U.S. is proposing a kill switch for the internet. So basically, when the U.S. government says, right, we're shutting down the internet in in this region or the whole country for that matter, ISPs and other network providers have to comply. Uh, Legally, they have to shut down all their equipment uh, as directed by the government. Is, Is this the U.S. government just being paranoid or what? I think it's the U.S. government being paranoid and it's the U.S. government once again kind of trying to be that we are the we are the world power and what we say goes because with the ability to turn off those sorts of things they're not just shutting off the internet to their own country they are a major through point to so many other countries access to the internet that yeah, but, but they'll reroute. It would affect so many other countries. The, the traffic will reroute. I mean, here in New Zealand, if we look, obviously if you're looking at a site in the US then yes, it won't be available, but if you're looking at a site in Asia or in Europe our traffic will will just reroute, round it, go via uh, I don't know uh, Sydney and and Singapore and so on. Yeah, yeah. As long as but all yes, of those different course. places have those connections. But yes, I know Where what you're do saying. Where those physical course. cables go? Well, if you, I, I think the feeling, where are the major node points for those physical cables? Well, if there are there are maps out there, and I tell you, I have looked. It is pretty much like a crazy web. That there's <laughs> well, actually, no pun intended. Uh, you know, it is. There are lots and lots of links, but. I, I what I do agree with is that uh, you know a lot of the the backbone does go through them, so it will put pressure on on the other stuff. That's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. But I I think it's a lot to do with uh, this this paranoia that seems to be sitting in in the US in particular, but also other countries. Uh, you mm. know, wanting to uh, 
isolate themselves if needed and everyone's a terrorist and all the rest of it. Indeed. And the fact that um, the US government have been ramping up their cyber warfare divisions. Yes, yes. And this is very much just, in line with that. Yeah, and they're not just talking about cyber warfare in defense, protecting themselves from cyber attack from terrorists or you know other countries, but being able to actively wage an offensive cyber war. Yes, now they've got an attack this force. Is, this is, I would say, one of their parts of being able to do that is by being able to shut off large chunks of the internet to make routing more difficult to, you know, destabilize and make more insecure certain areas of the internet. A lot of the root servers are in the US. Exactly. For DNS. But, uh, yeah. you know, it won't, it won't, I don't think it will stop services worldwide. Well, it just will, think it will, of all of the issues that happened when, that happened uh, a few months ago when only one of the root servers yeah, but you see, that Elsewhere. shouldn't have happened, surely. That's the thing I don't understand. I, I don't think that should have happened. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. And it was an issue with one root server that made a whole chunk disappear. So this could have uh, similar effects, potentially. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I think that's uh, pretty much our show. We'll keep it short because uh, I've got a little wee button to look after now. <laughs> Another one. Another one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two lovely girls I have now. So I think we'll call that a wrap. What do you say? Oh, I think it's a good time. We may have another show next week. <laughs> it may not be exactly at the usual time of Monday morning, but uh, you know, keep you know, if you're subscribed, you know, don't don't unsubscribe. Keep it there, and the next one will flow through in about a week's time. Brett, I'd like to thank you once again for co-hosting a wonderful show with me. Not a problem, Ed. And uh, to everyone else out there listening to us, don't forget to check out our website, boysoftech.com. Leave your feedback. Also, give us a rating. Push up or push down the five-star rating as you please. And we hope to see you again next week. Till then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.